good morning, my beautiful family. Yes, they got the lights on. There we go. It's great to see you all. Are you all stuffed full of turkey still? I've got some great news for you. We're not bringing out any scales until after the new year. All right, so no scales till after the new year. Great to see you all today. And we are wrapping up our series called What's Your Story? And I tell you, family, as I was preparing for this message today, uh, about a month and a half ago, I, ha I got the privilege to interview some good friends of mine and knowing them for several years and hearing their story, it just, oh my gosh, and it's gonna, it's gonna really warm your heart this morning. Do you all know that we serve a faithful God, amen, family? I'm gonna ask you again, do you know we serve a faithful God? No matter what the situation looks like, no matter if things seem, like I said last week, to go from bad to worse, God is good all the time. Hallelujah, family. And we're going to keep trusting him. And I want the story of my friends, Jennifer and Lavelle Ross, to really just encourage you this morning. This morning, we're going to be talking about waiting waiting and everybody's just like mm. <laughs> but I want you to see what my two uh, beautiful friends did while they were waiting for a special blessing from God and I want you to see what our incredible God did in their life family let's celebrate with our friends this morning I'm Lavelle Ross. And I'm Jennifer Ross, and um, this is my husband. And we met in 2006 Six. on a blind date. And we were introduced by two mutual friends. And where did we go on our blind date, honey? Texas Roadhouse, our favorite place. We did, and it was a really nice dinner, but um, I didn't hear from him for like a week, so I didn't think he was interested. <laughs> <laughs> I could definitely tell when I walked in that um, it was love at first sight for her. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> but I was totally taken. I fell, I fell in love with her instantly. Her smile just melted me, and it still does to this day. Oh, honey. Um, you know. So during that seven years, it seemed like a long time, and I was like, I didn't know if we were gonna get married. It's so great to see you guys. I'm so glad you're here to today. A resort up in Chicago. I just remember the dessert coming out, <laughs> and there was this little box on the the dessert plate. And um, at that time, then Lavelle got down on his knees and asked me to marry him. Oh yes. And she said yes. Yay. After she cried for a bit. Yeah, I was like, I, I thought you were going to let my neck she go. She choked me. I thought, oh. <laughs> <laughs> a couple years ago, Jennifer really started wanting a baby. And we were trying, and I wanted one as well, and it, it just wasn't happening. You, you become frustrated, especially as a woman, because that's your, your heart's desire, and you feel a void. And um, you see other women conceiving, and you start to question and ask God, well, when is my time? And um, there, that, that's a void that's hard to, to feel. And you kind of, you still need to be happy for that other person, even though you're having that void or that hurt on the inside of you. And um, 
you know, people come up to you and sometimes the things that they say to you because of your age can be hurtful and they don't tend to be hurtful, but um, asking you, well, I know you're becoming older and um, when are you gonna conceive or when, when is it gonna be your time? And not knowing that you're trying, but your time just hasn't come. And so um, it becomes a, a heavy weight that you feel like you're carrying on the inside, that you just, you just continue to pray and trust God. And even though you feel like you're alone sometimes, even though you have your husband, you still just feel alone. We kind of started thinking maybe earlier this year with another birthday, that maybe if we really wanted to have a baby, it would be time for us to bring in a doctor and talk to a doctor just to get some additional advice to see where we could go from here. And he said, well, you know, there is IUI. And I said, oh, well, what is IUI? I'd never heard of that before. And he said, it's um, interurethral insemination. And um, he said, it's less expensive. And uh, if you're willing to try it, I'm more than willing to help you through this process. Went in and we had the procedure. And I remember uh, when we left, the um, nurse letting us know, um, I don't want you to get your hopes up. Um, I just want you to be prepared just because usually this procedure does not take on the first try. And so I want you to be ready for that so that you're not let down and you're not hurt. And so we walked out and I just remember um, praying to God. And I said, God, I don't have what it takes to do IVF and I'm trusting you through this process for the IUI. And I told God, I need a miracle. Did what we did life normal as we were supposed to because you're not supposed to worry, you're not supposed to focus on that. And so we went on with life and work and um, continued through that process. I remember calling the doctor's office like, okay, I know I'm a few days late and uh, I don't know if you want me to wait a little while longer before I go and have blood work. But because of the process that I went through with the IUI, I had to have blood work. I couldn't do just a um, pregnancy test. And so they did blood work and the blood work came back positive. And I just remember breaking down crying because I just could not believe that God had performed a miracle in our life. And I just couldn't decide how I was gonna tell my husband. Like, I just didn't wanna just call him and tell him like, oh my God, we're pregnant. And so I um, went on Pinterest and decided how I was gonna tell him. And I waited till the next day. And I remember giving him a, a velvet box and it said, um, for a mustard seed of faith is all you need. And I remember being downstairs in our home and giving that box to my husband and him opening up that box and him reading, all you need is a mustard seed of faith. And this mustard seed blessed us to conceive and the emotions that he shared and we shared together was simply amazing. So I had just gotten an A and she said, I wanna celebrate. So I thought, forget an A? 
And then I thought, oh, wow, if we're going to celebrate, I'm going to get an A every test. We can celebrate every <laughs> test. So she came with the gift. I thought, I'm going to get an A, get a gift every single test. Then when I opened it and found we were about to have a baby, I was just overwhelmed. I, I couldn't believe it. I just could not believe it. And I was speechless. But then I thought, I'm going to get a baby every time I get an A? <laughs> 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 well, wow, she's having a lot of babies, but um, I was just overwhelmed with joy. I could not believe that it, it finally happened. And I knew that God had answered our prayers, that we had waited, and it was our time. So now we're, we're six months. We know we're having a little boy, and he's healthy so far and doing well and growing, and we're just excited. I, I definitely can't wait to hold a little guy for the very first time in the meeting. And I'm gonna give them the best life possible. I just can't wait to hold a son, a child of my own for the very first time and just teach him how to love and be kind and be a gentleman and just give him all the love that I've, I've shown to so many other children to my very own. God is a good God! Yes! Yes, yes, yes! A mustard seed of faith. Tiniest amount of faith. God shows up and shows out. I titled my message today, Family, Waiting and Praying. Because it matters what you do while you wait. And so I want you, just for these few moments that we have together this morning, my beautiful family, to imagine in your mind that we're not at GT Church anymore. That Jeanette, we're at one of the worst places that any human being should ever have to be. A waiting room. <laughs> Is there anybody here? Is there anybody here that enjoys waiting? That just, when you go to a restaurant and your stomach, Chris, you know what I'm talking about. Your stomach is growling and it's like, and you walk in and how long, Mr. How long do we have? Well, Mr. Ellis, it's gonna be about an hour and a half. Check please, right? I, I'm out of it. We all hate waiting. But what we say while we wait and who are around while we wait, what we read and what we watch while we wait matters. The story echoes a story from the Old Testament. Lavelle and Jennifer's story so beautifully matches up with the story of Hannah. Elkanah was a man, and he had two wives. All the guys say, oh, two, two. That was, that was part of his problem right there. That was, yeah, two. Two wives, Penina and Hannah. And Penina had a couple, couple sons, and Hannah had none. And what Penina would do is she would flaunt the fact that she was blessed with sons. I told you um, a, a while ago that in the Jewish culture for a woman to not have children was 
she was very much looked down upon. And if she did not bear sons, it was a terrible thing. And so for Hannah to live in the same household with another woman, all the women say, mm, 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 yeah who had children and Hannah was barren. Can you imagine her heartbreak? Can you imagine the suffering that Hannah had to endure? And you would think, ladies, that the other woman, the other wife would have compassion that maybe she would say, oh, I feel so sorry for you. And, oh, but the Bible tells us exactly the opposite. Penina would haunt and taunt Hannah every single day, all day, every day, year in and year out. <laughs> you don't have any kids. And so we jump into her story, family, when they're on their way to church and Look what's happening. And her rival, Penina, used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, Penina used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. Do you know that there is brokenness that will take your appetite? And so you think, we're on our way to worship the Lord. We're on our way to honor God and, and give him thanks. Maybe the enemy would shut her mouth on the way to church. And you need to know that what I know is I know that the enemy tries to keep you from getting here. I know that. And I even know this family that it, Sundays when you come in here and during praise and worship and, and during my message or someone else's message, I know that it's not only my voice that you're hearing, that the enemy actually has the audacity to show up in the house of God and whisper lies to you while you're hearing the word of God. Yes. Jerk. And so here they're on their way to worship God and her enemy is, oh, look at you, you poor thing. Oh, you don't have any kid. Oh, you. So Hannah does what a lot of us do when we're waiting. When we've prayed, when we've stood in faith and we don't see anything happening. Is this all working? Is this God stuff working? Waiting day after day and week after week and year after year. When is it going to be my time, God? So the word of God tells us that Hannah was very depressed and very irritated and very broken. And even in the midst of our worst brokenness, the enemy is there. It's not working for you. Where's God? Even when you're here, worshiping the Lord, he's running his mouth. And so we wait. And the Bible gives us a glimpse. 
into what Hannah did when she was at church, Rick. The Bible tells us exactly what she did. What she didn't do is as soon as she saw one of her girlfriends or, or someone she knew, she didn't run right up to them and just say, oh, this is terrible, this is horrible, this is awful, this is poor me, woe is me. Well, what the Bible says that Hannah did is she cried. She wept bitterly. But Mark, she also prayed. The word of God is clear. She was sad. She was heartbroken. She was a mess. She was there praying. And she vowed a vow and said, O oh Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and forget and not forget your servant, because what's one of the worst things that can happen in a waiting room after a certain period of time, you start thinking they forgot you, don't you? If you remember me and not forget your servant, but will give your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. The Levites, the priests of the Lord, would never cut their hair. So she's saying, God, if you'll just give me a son, God, I'll make you a promise that he'll be yours. I'll dedicate him to you, Lord. All the days of his life, he will be dedicated to you. Have you ever been in the position where you start bargaining with God? God, if you'll just get me out of this mess, I promise I won't ever do it again. God, if you can just see fit to bless me, God. God, we need a financial blessing. And I know there have been times in my track record, God, that once you've blessed me, I seem to walk away from you. But God, this time will be different. God, I'm so lonely and I just want a woman. God, I just want a man. I just want someone to have dinner with or someone. And I know the last time when I asked you and I started dating that knucklehead that I lost myself, God, because there's some knuckleheads out there, right? There's some, ladies, guys, there's, ladies, there's some knuckleheads, but guys, there's some cray cray out there too, right? <laughs> cray cray. And so, God, I know the last time I told you, God, I'm just lonely. I just want someone to go have dinner with that God, one thing left to another. And then before, before I knew it, I forgot all about you. But God, this time will be different. God, I promise you this time that I won't ever let anything or anyone come between my relationship with you. I won't ever let some perceived blessing getting me so focused on your hands and not your heart, treating you like a big old gumball machine, treating you like Santa Claus. I want, I want, I want. God, I promise if you'll just do this thing for me, I won't get it twisted, God, and I'll keep things straight. Have you ever been so desperate? So desperate. That God, I'll just do anything. Have you ever heard so much for your children? That God, he, he, he's a mess. 
God, she's so hurt. God, just this one thing, God. The Bible tells us that as she was there, crying bitterly and weeping so loud and and shaking and convulsing that the priest who was there noticed her and, and and noticed she was making a scene and actually went over to her because he thought she was drunk. She was crying and carrying on so much, he thought this girl's been hitting the bottle. But how many of you know That there are Sundays when you look around this room and you see people crying, you see people kneeling, you hear people shouting. I want to say to you this morning that you don't know what's going on in someone's life. You don't know that if they're not screaming here, if they're not crying out to God, they might just lose their mind. If they don't give God some praise, if they don't praise him anyhow, they might just lose it. And so when you look around and you see tears and you see people shouting and clapping and dancing and screaming, just know they're believing for a breakthrough. They're believing. They're trusting God for a breakthrough. And sometimes in the waiting room, The tears just spill over because you've been waiting so long. When? When, God? When? Maybe you're really struggling in your marriage and you're just about to resign that, hey, this is as good as it's get. At least we're not fighting as much. And you look around and you, and you perceive what is all the other like blissfully happy couples and you get on Facebook and you see all this stuff and everybody looks all squeaky clean and sparkling, which I've told you before, all the glitters is not gold. But you see it and you get into this thing that I call comparisonitis. Or why can't my kids be like their kids? And why can't I make what they make and why can't I drive what they drive and why can't I live where they live and what I know the answer to that question family for me has been in times in my life is there are blessings that we can get that actually cause distance between us and God and I'm here to tell you there is nothing and no one that is worth you compromising your relationship with Jesus there are times baby when it's better that you're just alone So we get into this comparisonitis. We can start bargaining with God. But this bargain that Hannah made with God, you know there's those ones that we, after we got caught, that we're like, oh God, if, if if you do this for me, I promise God, I promise. But this wasn't that kind of vow. This wasn't that kind of, I got caught, so I'm a, this was a vow. This was a covenant. That God, you can trust me with my heart's desire. I know I've messed up in the past, God, and I know I've put people and things ahead of you before, but God, I can tell you that I've lived a little bit now, and this is going to be different. God, you can trust me with this blessing now. And 
so the priest, after he realized she wasn't drunk, and she began to share the desires of her heart, he had a word from the Lord for her. And have you ever been so desperate that you don't need somebody to tell you what they've been through and you don't need to look up 10 steps to a happy this. What you need is you need a word from God. Have you ever been there? And so the priest told her, sweetie, God's heard you. And it's going to happen. And so Hannah kept praying. And she kept waiting. And she didn't allow the enemy in the waiting room to steal her promise. Don't you allow the enemy in your waiting room to steal what the word of God has promised you. There are other people waiting in the waiting room, but you can rest assured that the enemy's there too. Just waiting. Waiting for you to crack. And the word of the Lord over you this morning is you will not break. You will endure in the name of Jesus. No matter what you've lost or who you've lost or how hopeless it looks, the joy of the Lord, take it. The joy of the Lord will fill you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy. So Hannah waited and she kept praying and she waited and she kept praying. She waited and she kept praying. And God showed up and we read a phrase that I want you to shout back at me, family. We read and in due time. Would you shout due time, family? Due time. In due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son and she called his name Samuel, one of the most prolific and powerful prophets the nation of Israel ever had. For she said, I have asked for him from the Lord in due time. Have you figured it out yet, family, that our time is never God's time? Have you figured that out? But I'm here to encourage you this morning, Tiffany, that whatever you're waiting for, whatever you're standing in faith believing for, I'm here to tell you this morning, my sister, that it is working, that it will be worth the wait, that God sees you. He's seen your tears. He's seen your heartbreak. And you're about to have a breakthrough. God is about to move you to a new season. So don't you dare give up now. There's a new season coming. Nudge your neighbor and say, you're about to have a breakthrough this morning. There's a party coming. There's a party coming. I'm here to tell you this morning, there is a party coming. And the kind of party it is, is BYOB. Bring your own breakthrough, baby. Yeah, bring your own breakthrough. 
God's about to do it. And God, you never do it in my time. And God, how long am I going to have to keep waiting? I want you to know this, family. There are some things. Jeanette, <laughs> we waited in your waiting room waiting to have our kids. Yeah, we wait. There are some blessings that are in the waiting room. Yes. If you had everything you ever wanted, everything you ever desired, you would be absolutely full, but you would have zero character. Character is built in the waiting room. Where do you think that faith that you need to sustain every season and every storm is built? There is faith that is built in the waiting room. And so stop trying to leave. We need to sit our behinds down and just wait and pray. Not wait and complain. Not wait and gripe. Not wait and worry. But wait and pray and you will see a movement of God in your situation. Wait and pray. There's a strength and a perseverance when we gotta wait for what we want. My family, I'm tired of waiting. <laughs> Been searching for months and months and months for a new youth pastor. And just when I think I have one, just when I get all excited and it's like, oh yes, and we're gonna bring you here, and I get a phone call three times. Pastor Matt, we just found out we're pregnant. And so we don't want to move from family. Babies have messed it up three times, you guys. Three times, babies have messed up my blessing. Three times. Waiting and searching and praying. But I'm here to tell you this morning, family. And I want you to hear your pastor. There is a phrase that every time I hear it, it chills me to the bones. And that is this. I wish I had waited on God. I wish I had waited. Because we want it in our time. And we want God to move and we want God to give us what we want. When we want it. And we miss out on God's best. And we settled for a man-made, man-manufactured half-blessing instead of God's, bless, God's best. In due time, I don't know when your healing's coming. I thought I'd be here by now. I thought I'd be here by now. I don't know what it is that you're, that you're carrying, but I know some of you in this morning, you're sick to your stomach worrying about your kids. All day, every day. My daughter, my daughter, my daughter, my daughter, my daughter, my son, my son, my son. All day, every day at your finances and you, you're just like, God, it's going to be our time. When, God, when? I want to say to you this morning, as much as I love Lavelle and Jennifer Ross, there is nothing special about them. 
And if God did it for them, he will do it for you. You want to know what makes them special? Is they said, whatever it takes, God, however, however long it takes, I'm not giving up my dream of having a child. And so, God, I'm going to pray. And even when people say stupid things, I'm going to keep praying, Lord Jesus. And there was something that wasn't on the video. But after the recording, Jennifer said to me, she started having a little bit of issues once she got further along pregnant. And she called one of her favorite aunts. And her favorite aunt didn't say, oh, baby, I feel so sorry for you. And, oh, well, there's nothing that you can do. And, oh, you might as well just see what happens. She told me, Pastor Matt, my favorite aunt told me, baby, you talk to God, you talk to the devil, and you talk to that baby. And you declare what the word of God says about your situation. And so you talk to God and you remind God of all the promises, not that he forgot, but it's just whenever we start talking about the promises of God, we find ourselves encouraged. So you talk to God, you talk to the devil and you say, I curse you and rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You have no authority here. How dare you, you jerk, try to attack a child of God. Do you know who my daddy is? How dare you? How dare you? And you talk to what's waiting to be birthed. You talk to that new season that is just about ready to be birthed. And you say, I have everything that that Bible says that I have. I am everything that that Bible says that I am. And I refuse to listen to anything differently. I am a child of God. If he parted the Red Sea, if they, they walked on water, whatever God did back then, God will do it again. He will be rain for you in the desert. He will be rain for you in the desert. He will be light for you in your darkest hour. I want you to stand, my beautiful family. If you need a breakthrough, I want you to wave your hand at me. Wave it nice and high. If you need a breakthrough, if there's something you're believing for a breakthrough, and look all over this building, you guys. We're all in need of a breakthrough in some area of our lives. And the good thing is, is God is still on the throne. God is a God of breakthroughs. And so listen, don't try to take things into your own hands. You will sabotage your new season. You'll carry the same old junk into the next season as you've been carrying now. Don't sabotage your next season by taking things into your own hands. God's got you. And so whether you know the person beside you or not, and I know it's cold and flu season, but we're a people of faith, I want you to grab the person's hand beside you, whether you know them or not, because we're a family. And I want you, we don't need a pastor to pray for us all the time. I want you to begin to declare the word of God over the person to your right. No matter what they've been through, you right where you're at, you begin to pray. The enemy will not rob them. The enemy will not steal from them. The enemy will not destroy them. I speak life and health and strength over you. You will be blessed coming and going. God will show himself faithful to you. You pray the word of God over them. You don't just sit back and wait. You wait and you pray. You have everything that God says that you have. He is the mender of broken hearts. He is the healer of broken dreams. You pray for that person on the other side now. Begin to just declare the word of God on the other side to them. 
Let them know that you're not letting go until they see a breakthrough. Let them know, I'm not letting go until you see a breakthrough in your life. The enemy doesn't get to just rip from your life over and over and over again. You're a child of the Most High King. We thank you, God, for healings of all kinds. We thank you, God, that this new season might be scary and this new season may not include some people that we had in prior seasons, but we trust you to fill every void, Jesus. We trust you to bring us into relationship with those who are going to further us in you. We trust you in and out of every season, Jesus, because you will not fail. You will not fail. precious, mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Would you shout at me one more time? Do time! Do time! Do time! He'll never let you down. He'll never fail you. In Jesus' name. Next week, same, same place, same time, same time. Love you guys. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs>